Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for a very special episode, 36 years in the making. We started this show only a couple years ago, all with the ambition of one day covering Top Gun Maverick. And it's finally here. At least I did. I've been very excited. I thought we were going to take my breath away. No, it's Lady Gaga now. Hold my hand. That's Hootie and the Blowfish, but it's close. That's Lady Gaga. You not listen to I know. I know the song is, but you sang the Hootie and the Blowfish version, I'm pretty sure. Well, bring back Hootie and the Blowfish. I want to love you the best. It's also been 36 years. Yeah. But 36-year wait for Tom Cruise to get back in the flight suit, back in the aviator glasses, and back in volleyball shape. Uh, But it's no longer volleyball, but it's close. Uh, Top Gun Maverick's finally here. And uh, I've been very excited about this movie. You have been slightly less excited, but interested enough. Um, And we finally get to talk about it. My name is Colin. Uh, That stands for Colin. And hi, I'm Ben Waterworth. I want to thank you for listening to this episode. A lot of good people made this episode, and I know you've been waiting a long time for this episode, but you're going to enjoy this episode, so enjoy it. Thank you. <laughs> that's it. That's the episode. <laughs> that's that's it. Because I just want to say right now, I want Tom Cruise introducing things everywhere in life from this point on. Like, I don't know, if did he have a little video before your movie? Like, like oh, we, had a couple, we had a couple videos. You had a couple? Oh, yeah. well, Tom likes well, Canada. I'll explain uh, that in a second. <laughs> but I just, I just love the fact that, like, just before the movie starts, it's like Tom Cruise pops up. It's like, hi, people made this movie and they put a lot of effort into it and you should enjoy it. I'm like, okay, I will, Tom. <laughs> so now, like, all weekend I've just been expecting Tom to pop up. Like, I go to the bathroom. It's like, hi, this is a toilet. <laughs> A lot of people made this toilet, so make sure you pee in it well. I'm Tom Cruise. Interesting like, man. Jamie and I also saw Downton Abbey, A New Era over the weekend, and Tom Cruise also <laughs> popped up before that. A lot of people worked really hard to make this movie. I went to a Mets game the other day, and Tom Cruise just popped up in the middle of the Mets game. <laughs> I'm Tom Cruise. These baseball players trained a lot of a lot of hours to make it to the major leagues, so enjoy them and cheer them hard and fair. I Thanks, put my Tom. kids to bed last night. Tom Cruise just popped up. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> you worked really hard on these kids. <laughs> you deserve a chance to put them to bed. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> so raise them well. <laughs> but uh, but it has been a very long time. And uh, it's funny because um, Jamie had asked me, you know, is this like the longest wait ever for a sequel? I'm like, I think for a straight sequel. Yeah, because uh, previous record, let's say maybe Tron Legacy, which was, I think, 28 years. Uh, but you Blade could be wrong. Blade Runner, yeah, I guess Blade Runner might have been about the same 28 years or 27 years, something like that. So you take like Blade Runner and, you know, uh, Tron Legacy, 
I mean, those were almost a 30 year. This is well over 30 years. I mean, we're actually closer to 40 years than we are to 30 years since the original came out. It's a year older than me. It is. The gap. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I think one thing that sets this apart is that it is a straight sequel. This isn't one of these. We're going to attempt to reboot it and then throw Han Solo and Princess Leia in there or, or. David Arquette and Courtney Cox. Or, uh, David Bill Murray. Arquette was missing from Top Gun Maverick. That's what was missing. <laughs> the Him and Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, it's been such a long wait. I mean, this is – Tom Cruise came out. I mean, I, I think before we even get into opinions of this movie, I think one of the things that really has made people excited about this is that it, it is just a Top Gun movie. I mean, this is Tom Cruise starring in it. It is everything that you could have gotten in 1988 as well. And I, I remember being very excited – just hearing about this movie that it was going to be called Top Gun Maverick. Cause I'm like, yes, it's going to be not him as like the, the, the mentor, not him as the Rocky Balboa to, to Creed. This is going to be him as Maverick in a proper Top Gun sequel. So, I mean, I was like so excited. This is probably, I would, I would rank this in top five, maybe top 10 most excited I've ever been for any movie in my life. And uh, uh, I got to see it uh, a couple days before it came out. There was like a, a fan event. You had to pay twice the amount of regular admission but you got to take home a free poster and a free Top Gun Maverick pin. <laughs> Ooh. And you got to see about three different intros with Tom Cruise saying, hey, we're really excited to bring you this movie. Uh, but uh, to me, it was totally worth it. Like, uh, there's a lot of times where you see a movie and because you have the hype built up, you're like, okay, th- I'm going to be excited. I'm going to be uh, satisfied by this just because of how excited I am. And then the more time passes, you're like, oh, that was okay. You know, I'm looking at you, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. But to me, this like completely lived up to my expectations. And uh, I've read a lot of reviews where people are saying like this surpasses the original, which I can see the point behind that. I think there's a lot to be said for nostalgia if you grew up watching something. But like this is as good as any sequel could possibly be as far as I'm concerned. Uh, just quickly, I found an article, uh, top nine movies with longest gaps between sequels. And it's obviously not the nine longest gaps because I'm looking here like Phantom Menace isn't on here, Dumb and Dumber 2, something I just randomly mm-hmm. thought of. You know, they've got big gaps. But according to this list, Top Gun 2 is the second longest gap, Ooh. 36 years, just beating out Coming to America and Coming to America 2, which had 33 mm. years. Apparently, the longest gap is 64 years between... <laughs> Bambi and Bambi 2. Oh, <laughs> well, of, of course, course that counts. Bambi 2. Come on, Colin. And coming they, soon to the Oz Network. Because they they also got the original deer back to play Bambi the second time around. <laughs> well, if it was later. Tom Cruise 64 years later, it would have looked exactly the same. Exactly. Um, <laughs> what is it, Bambi's 2? Bambi's Revenge? Bambi's got blood <laughs> on her hands this time. It's personal. Um, I, yeah, I think I've talked a lot on this show before about how I think I saw Top Gun once, like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. It was kind of one of these 80s ones where it was, you know, it was year, year, literally a year before I was born. And I don't think my dad was ever a huge Tom Cruise fan. So it wasn't like Arnold Schwarzenegger as a kid where I basically watched everything, him, James Bond, and all those sort of things that I watched growing up as a kid. Dad never really was a massive Tom Cruise fan, so this wasn't one that he really loved. So I eventually watched it and I was like, that's okay. Maybe a bit overrated. I don't get the love behind it, but sure, it's got a cool soundtrack. Um, the lead singer of Take My Breath Away flirted with me when I interviewed her when I worked at the Mercury, so that Ooh. was a cool memory. Um, so that worked. Um, so when this was like announced, I was just kind of like, yeah, sure. 
Um, but what really made me excited for this was seeing the trailers on the big screen. Like it was like, okay, that looks like a movie I want to see on the big screen. So that's legitimately probably the only reason I went out of my way to see it. And even, you know, we had planned on doing this as a, you know, a recap, what, like a year or two years ago when this mm-hmm. was meant to come out. Um, but yeah, like I, in, I didn't end up going to see this on like IMAX or like a massive screen. I basically saw this on like a $10 theater in New Jersey, which <laughs> It, I mean, it's a cute little cinema. You're paying 10 bucks for it. I'm not going to say no. It's still, you know, cinema, big screen, good sound, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I fucking loved it. I thought it was great. Like, it yeah. was, I, I'm definitely on board thinking it's better than the original. I rewatched the original last week, had basically the same opinion. I'm like, sure. <laughs> Anthony Edwards is great. Um, I mean, so is Tom Cruise. <laughs> I forgot Meg Ryan was in it. Like, there she is. <laughs> good for her. Um, but no, I really enjoyed this. Like, I actually just. It blew me away how much I enjoyed it. And, like, you, I think, had mentioned to me a week before this saying that, like, oh, it's being voted as, like, the greatest sequel of all time and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you know, it's probably going to be one of these ones. We're like, yeah, sure. But, um, no, it was it was just really enjoyable. This had a plot. I'm glad. <laughs> like, I like the first one. <laughs> Knew what was going on in this one. Um, Tom Cruise looks amazing. Um, yeah, like, there's, there's one part of this movie where I'm just kind of like, okay, they could remove that. It wasn't necessary. Um, her name is Jennifer Connolly, but I like her. Um, <laughs> I have nothing against Jennifer Connolly, but I'm still trying to work out what the point of that plot was. But outside of that, like, this is great. I mean, I'm not a big Miles Teller fan. He's fine. He's kind of like one of those, like, Ansel Engbert people that just, they all look the same to me. Like, I feel it's just same, some generic white dude who's casting, like, one third of movies these days <laughs> and they're meant to believe they're different actors. Um, but he, to me, is perfect casting as Anthony Edwards' son. Like, looks like him. Um, John Hamm. Beautiful man. Uh, <laughs> he's there. Val Kilmer, bit sad, but still, he's back. Um, yeah, no, it, good. I liked it. It was great. I enjoyed it. I'd and, go see Top Gun Maverick again. And the planes gave stellar performances oh, as well. <laughs> they did. They, they, they really improved. Well, actually, in all seriousness, I, like, as a kid, I, a large portion of my childhood, I wanted to be an astronaut. So I like, legitimately looked into becoming a pilot. And I was obsessed with planes for, like, a good couple of years of my life. And the F-18 Hornet was, like, my favourite. I had that on my wall. I had models of it. Like, so when you got them flying the F-18s in this movie, I'm just like, oh, like, that brings back my childhood. Like, I love those planes. So, yeah, they actually, planes are good in this movie. And planes is good in the Disney film as well. Uh (laughs) Can't say I've seen planes. Uh, Did Tom Cruise introduce that one? Hi, I'm Tom Cruise. These planes will be very well animated. Support Pixar. <laughs> we really got to have Tom Cruise introduce this recap. It's like, hi, we're very excited to bring you the review of Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> well, if, if Tom Cruise is introducing our recaps, you know he's going to be like, hi, I'm gay Hollywood actor Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I've just I- taken a moment from fudge packing to get into this introduction. <laughs> Here is your subpoena. <laughs> I'll see you in court. <laughs> Gay sex with Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, like, I, I think one of the things that, that makes this one of the best, th- this isn't to say this is on the level of something like The Godfather 2, you know, but hmm. uh, for making a sequel to, you have to be able to make a sequel to the movie originally made. I mean, there is nothing particularly brilliant or deep about this movie. I mean, there are some really solid dramatic moments in this movie, but to make a movie that is a sequel to a movie as simple as the original Top Gun, like you said, I mean, that's, Very that's a difficult thing. <laughs> and, and just kind of along the lines of what you're saying, cause I know you tweeted out about the, the, the first Top Gun. It's like, what is the plot of this movie? Uh, that is kind of a common criticism, but uh, we, we kind of have to look at what makes these movies different. Uh, you know, the original Top Gun, it was intended not to be a movie about naval 
fighter combat. I mean, yes, that's what the, the, the setting is, but it was meant to be like a sports film. I mean, Tony Scott, but that's kind of one of the reasons behind the whole homoerotic thing and the original Top Gun and even the what volleyball. The homoerotic? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's, it's, not in it. it's subtle, but it's there. <laughs> Got to look closely, but uh, so, so, so subtle <laughs> to the fact that I literally thought Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise were going to make out in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that would have made the fans explode. Oh. <laughs> wow. But uh, lots of things explode. <laughs> But uh, but the original movie was meant to be like a sports film. It was meant to be that that, that you had like the tournament bracket. Okay, this person's in the lead. This person's in the lead. And but they're like, well, but then we got to have something like for a big action scene in the end. So the original movie was never meant to be a plot heavy film. And even the love story, like you mentioned with Jennifer Connelly in this one, that is definitely one of the weaker links of this movie. But at the same time, it, it's a lot closer to what they originally intended the first Top Gun to be. I mean, the the love story was expanded in the original Top Gun. There were two scenes. They were added after they had finished filming because they're like, women love this movie. They love Tom Cruise in this movie. Let's give them another character to love. Let's make the love interest uh, you know, a little bit more uh, involved in this. Uh, but I think what really sets this movie apart is like you said, th- this one has a plot and that's no knock on the original. I love the original for the fact that it is just a sports film in the air. But for, right from the beginning, I mean, without giving too much away, Maverick, you know, has his opening scene. You, you, he's still the same guy. He's, you know, getting in trouble. He, he hasn't matured really in any way. Uh, but then they give him this mission. They're like, this is the mission. And it's not, you're going to go and train people at Top Gun to be the next, you know, uh, generation of top fighter pilots. It's we're going to call back all of our most successful graduates and you're going to train them for this mission there. I mean, that's, I think one thing that really set apart that immediately I'm like, what, like this movie's doing something different. It's not afraid to, do something different to expand a story and not just remake the original like we've seen with Star Wars and Scream and Ghostbusters and everything else that's come before this. And I think, like, that's the key difference because, like, I mean, look, you know, the first Top Gun, the the whole thing about the no plot, like, there's so many little things you can make with the first Top Gun that makes it have a plot because, to me, it's like like that sports film you talk about. Then out of nowhere, the final 20 minutes is like, oh, by the way, we've got to go, like, protect something. Mm -hmm. It's like, and that's what this movie does well is that, like, yeah, you've got that last, like, whatever part of the movie, which is the the action section. But, like, you know that's coming. They're building that up to that point. Whereas, yeah, the original Top Gun is just like, hey, by the way, let's go <laughs> yeah. kill some Russians. Um, which I just want to point out, can I say, uh, unidentified country in this movie um, where they've got to go save it. I'm saying right now, Colin, it's Canada. Um, <laughs> you think because, so? <laughs> because just of, like, the, the landscape when they're, like, you know, flying in and, like, protecting it. Sort of, it's, it's beautiful and rugged. It's very, like, Pacific <laughs> Northwest. And then it turns snowy. Um, so I'm saying it's Canada, Canada, the, 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 the fake <laughs> Great country. country of Canada. Um, but yeah, like I agree. And I, I think the thing that works well in watching, like, cause I watched the original, like the night before I saw this. And again, that's like probably the second time I've ever seen in my life. They do a very good job with this film of, as you said, making it a sequel, but it still feels like the first movie. Like yeah. it's, it's like randomly bringing up Dumb and Dumber 2 again. Like I think an issue with that is that. Yeah, it felt a lot more like the original than I thought it would. But again, it's just and maybe it's just more like the type of comedy. Like it just doesn't really fit the time anymore. So like it kind of feels a little out of place. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know even the Star Wars sequels, yeah, they do what they can to make them tied to the originals. But you know at that point they'd been what 40, 50 years since the original, so they're going to feel a little bit different. Whereas this like, and it just even comes just down to the editing, the way you introduce the movie. It's basically the same as the original. The closing, the way they do the credits, like yeah. even the soundtrack, and like 
like it just it works really well and like even just literally getting like lady gaga to kind of write you know 2022's um take my breath away like it just it things like that work um and you had that like a task or that very 80s like America, like down, 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 down. And you're like, oh yeah, America, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, like it just things like that that just it makes it feel like a sequel that actually works. And yeah, you, I mean, I don't know, like you can tell 36 years have passed, sure, but in a way, you can't either, because yeah. again, Tom Cruise looks fucking amazing. Um, I think they've cast very well with like Goose, you know, having his son. Um, I mean, Val Kilmer, like he maybe hasn't aged as gracefully as Tom Cruise, but they they cast him in a way where it's like he is a, a you know, a, a, what is he like a captain, lieutenant, whatever he is now, admiral, admiral. Thank you. Um, but like I don't know, like everything about this just feels like it's a it's a sequel. So yeah, I think everything about it works. Well, and like this is all jokes aside about hi, I'm Tom Cruise. Thanks for watching our movie. Like it's he the thing I what a man. Like he seriously is such a great man because like I've been watching a lot of him like going around the world, like going on the red carpet, and just like he just looks happy, and he mm-hmm. just like the way he's like legitimately just going like yeah, this is for the fans. Every time I'd go to a movie, they'd always ask me about Top Gun, and just like good for you, Tom Cruise. Like I mean, you don't need to do this shit. You're fucking Tom Cruise, but like just just the way he kind of like goes about it and just looks genuinely happy, and that's. That's something that I think it, it works well for some of these movies, the way they kind of promote that. Because, like, sometimes you know how they like, promote movies and they're trying to, like, talk it up a little bit too much and you're like, oh, okay, and it turns out to be shit. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that was, like, what we had with Spider-Man recently, the way, like, you had, like, Tom Holland and all that coming out and then you started to get those, like, oh, shh, no spoilers and kind of mm-hmm. those things and you're kind of like, oh, God, what are they doing with this? Turned out to be great. And now, like, with Tom Cruise doing this. So, third time lucky hopefully with Jurassic World Fallen King uh, Dominion because I'm seeing they're starting to put those no spoiler things out so anyway um it works well the way they make this and everything and and visually because like, I mean one thing about the original the the not even special effects I guess they filmed all those planes for real in the 80s mm-hmm. like it holds up well Top yeah. Gun 1986 visually still looks amazing 36 years later so that's where I think these two can fit very well with each other and and work off each other uh it, what you're saying about like it, it feels like it's the same movie, and that's kind of what I, uh, I I keep telling Jamie because she didn't go to see this with me. She said, "I really have no interest. I'm not interested in Top Gun." Didn't she? No, she she loves Tom Cruise, right? Um, and not as much as you do, exactly. <laughs> not as much as he loves you. <laughs> but uh, but it's funny because I could never uh, I I never have to twist her arm to drag her to a Tom Cruise movie. But with this, she's like, no, I have no interest in it. I'm not really a fan of the original. And I, I watched this and I told her, I'm like, like you got to see this movie. Like, it, 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 if for nothing else, to see this on a big screen, because that was the big holdout that they had is we're not going to release the streaming. Like, Tom Cruise has been in all these interviews saying that no way. He, he was talking to theater owners himself saying, this will come out Lord. theatrically. Hi, I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> Local Winnipeg AMC. Thanks for being a good AMC. Can you hold out, please, just a couple more years? I would greatly appreciate it because I'm Tom Cruise. Oh, thanks, Tom. But, uh, but like, he, he was dedicated. Like, this is going to be on the big screen. And I was telling her a couple things. One was that you got to see this on the big screen. Like, I will pay to see this. I'll pay to see it gladly again. I'll pay for you to see it so we could see it on IMAX again because, like, it is maybe one of the best theatrical experiences I've ever had. Uh, right up there with some of the other Tom Cruise movies, like Mission Impossible. Um, but uh, the other thing is that it, it, it is 
a proper sequel. And I think that's so refreshing right now because we're especially coming off of a couple months here where we had, we didn't end up reviewing them, but Jamie and I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife and then we saw the new Scream and we're like, wow, they just made all the same mistakes as The Force Awakens, <laughs> uh, the, the Star Wars uh, sequels. But uh, but this is just, you could treat this like, if you remove the fact that Val Kilmer is older and you remove the fact that you have Goose's son and you have to think, well, it's been at least 30 years since then, uh, you could pretend this was a movie made in 1988 and it really yeah. wouldn't be any different. I mean, like you said, the flying scenes, in the original hold up. The story in this is not that far removed. I mean, Maverick is the exact same guy and not in like a cheesy way. I think that's one of the things that surprised me. I thought that it would have been maybe a little bit more of a mature Maverick, but we get kind of that opening sequence where you're like, well, he's obviously, you know, uh, a, a more advanced pilot now because of what he's doing. I mean, basically when the movie starts, he's working as like a test pilot for something very important. But, uh, you know, he makes the same mistakes. He's still a little bit too reckless. He's still thinks about himself a little bit too much. And you could make this where he's like a guy now in his fifties. And it's like, well, you know, come on, like nobody's going to be this immature, but like there's a, there's a maturity and a growth with Maverick while still him being the exact same guy. And and that kind of is what we're saying here about how this feels like a sequel. He's not a character so far removed from the original that you don't recognize that this is Maverick. And really he is the only time. I mean, Val Kilmer. Yes. Which by the way, as soon I, I was talking to Jamie on the phone while, while I was um, uh, driving home. And at the movies, like, yeah. Jamie, Val Kilmer just appeared. He's on screen. On screen. He spoke. <laughs> uh, but like, obviously, people know Val Kilmer has some serious health problems and everything. And I, have, I haven't seen that documentary with him yet. I didn't know what to expect. But like when you see him on screen and the fact that like they keep teasing. Oh, well, mm. he's just going to be on text messages. You're not going to see him like, well, maybe we'll see him pop up and he sort of waves in the distance at the end. When you see him, I'm like, man, I am so jealous that this guy's going through what he's going through and he's still the most handsome man I've ever seen. Because <laughs> he's got, what is he, something to do with his voice, doesn't he? Like, that's why I like, I think it's like, like throat like, cancer. Whis- yeah, because like, he, I don't know, he whispers in this movie, but like he, he obviously growls. Yeah. Grout, thank you. He's, he, well, this is like literally, I remember seeing this movie going like, oh, God, he'd be a good Batman now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Batman. Literally, that's all I can say. Um, the friend I saw it with, like, she, again, wasn't huge on the original. And she, like, wasn't like, oh, yeah, I want to go see Top Gun. She was just like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll go see that with with you. And she even said afterwards, like, oh, my God, like, I love that. Like, thanks for, like, you know, dragging me to see Top Gun. Like, that was really, really good. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, I think one thing, too, that I'm glad what they did with, like, the Maverick character is, you know, so often now when you have, like, these movies of, like, hey, let's bring Indiana Jones back. Like, it's... Let's bring back, you know, Luke Skywalker. Like, it's always such an emphasis on their age, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, haha, we get it. They're old, and it's all about passing on the torch to the next person. Like, I mean, fucking Terminator, Dark Fate. Like, oh, God, yeah. Sarah Connor. Oh, look, oh, 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 here's a new woman to pass on the torch. Like, let's just make everything else redundant. Um, like, they go out of their way to kind of do that and just have legacy characters to be there for some sort of weird connection. And I felt like at no point in this movie did they do that. Like, this mm-hmm. wasn't like the let's set up the Goose Jr. Um, sequel trilogy. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like, this is a sequel. This is Maverick. Yeah, okay, you know, haha. this is what's happened to him in 30 years. You know, oh, look, blah, 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 you're back here. And there's a couple of jokes about his age. But then it just kind of gets forgotten about, you know, mm-hmm. um, which it kind of, you know, is that works. And even, like, even with Jennifer Connelly's character. So, like, I remember, like, leaving going, like, okay, well, who was she and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> She's mentioned in the first movie. Like, I'm sure you knew that. Um, did you know that? No. What? Well, like, not Jennifer Connelly, but, like, the character. So, the, the character Penny is mentioned in the first movie. So is like, she? 
Yeah, so she's the daughter of a former oh, like, yeah. boss. So like at one point, like one of the admirals or whatever says to like the flyby and yeah, the flyby because you were trying to impress such and such as daughter. Like that's yeah. her. Wow. So like <laughs> that to me was like okay, like I kind of can get a little bit behind that now because like to me I left going like oh surely like she could have been like mentioned in the first one or like should have been because that makes no sense. Um, because like I was trying to work out why what's her face wasn't back. Um, Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis. Yeah. And I've read two stories, one saying she wasn't asked and two, Kelly McGillis coming up basically saying like, well, they wouldn't want me. Because like Kelly McGillis is just like aged, like not like a Hollywood star. Like I'm not trying to be mean when I say this. Like she is mm. just aged and just looks like a, what, like a 50, 60 something year old woman now. Um, And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but like she's not, you know, like sure who just looks like a plastic piece of something or other and as i mentioned sure not madonna because madonna <laughs> looks beautiful um but you know and like good for her but i think that she just came out saying like yeah like i'm not gonna look like the hollywood type now um so which is kind of i mean i would have seen that tom cruise just with kelly mcgillis now as just the suburban housewife um yeah tom cruise as the suburban housewife <laughs> <laughs> hi i'm tom cruise and a shout out to all our suburban housewives <laughs> out there keep doing a great job um I don't know where I'm going with my point. The other thing I wanted to quickly raise is a tangent, but come back if I've said anything, and I don't know what we're still talking about right now. As <coughs> I die, um, did you know that Bill Pullman's son is in this movie? Yeah, Lewis Pullman. Yeah, um, looks like him too. And I'm thinking, like, well, if I'm thinking the second greatest fighter pilot in movie history, it's Bill Pullman from Independence Day. <laughs> so we nearly got our uh, President Whitmore team up with uh, Maverick. So uh, close on board there. But uh, has Tom Cruise ever played the president in a movie? I don't think he has, has he? No, there was um, there was that movie Lions for Lambs where he played, I think, a senator. And I think that's the closest we've gotten. Um, Hashtag Tom Cruise a president. Sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, he'll eventually become president uh, in Top Gun. Uh, <laughs> Top Gun Bob. <laughs> Top Gun Bob. <laughs> Top Gun Bob coming to cinemas. <laughs> But uh, there is some controversy with Kelly McGillis not coming back, which really I think people are now so conditioned to we have to bring back all the original actors. And and once you see this movie, you're going to realize why it's a good idea to not bring all the original actors back. I mean, there are a lot of actors from the original Top Gun that you could have brought into this, and it would have been just as cheesy as all those other movies that we keep complaining about. Uh, But the fact that it's just Tom Cruise and, and Iceman, it makes sense in the story. Like somebody has to go to bat for Maverick. And it's yeah. not going to be Kelly McGillis, you know? Uh, and and uh, I think the other thing with, with not bringing her back is that even when you rewatch the original movie, I mean, in 1986, people were in love with that love story, uh, which was a last minute addition. It was never meant to be the case. Like I said, they had two scenes. In fact, I, I don't know if you even know how much of the trivia, but the scene in the original Top Gun, one is the, the love scene they have. They sh- did some extra footage of their sex scene, uh, but <laughs> sure it wasn't a plot scene. It's shot in silhouette. And then the elevator scene they have uh, the kind of flirty elevator scene they have her ha- uh, hair is up in a hat. And the reason is because she didn't have blonde hair anymore when they did the reshoots. So they had mm-hmm. to shoot around that, but they, they basically test screened it. They're like, put more of her and Maverick in this movie because women want the love story. Uh, that was never the intention. So it, it's not like she was such a key character from the beginning. And really in 1986, yes, people love this love story, but like you rewatch it now, the love story, even in the first Top Gun is not one of the stronger things about that movie. The love story. I, agree. Between- I still think it's better than this one though. I, think, oh, yeah. I definitely think yeah. the love story in 86 is Top Gun is better than that. No, and I love Jennifer Connelly. Don't get me wrong, but it just, it just, this feels very fake in, in Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, and it's because they they went to greater lengths in the original. But you also have to think in in the original Top Gun, 
Maverick is a 23, 24 year old kid. She's like, what, a 30 year old woman. She's already like the older woman, more mature, more experienced in her career. A couple problems. One woman as well. She's a woman. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, are we to believe that this older, respectable woman is going to stay with this cocky 23 year old kid who is still a cocky 50 something year old man 30 years Mm -hmm. later? And if we had brought her back, I mean, you're now tied to, okay, well, you got to explain, ah, yeah, we broke up in 88 and now what, 36 years later or 32 years later, whatever, wherever this movie's supposed to take place, they never quite identify. uh, They're still going to be together. Like it really wouldn't make sense. And so I was so happy when I saw this movie and realized it, it, it it's not trying to bring back all those things from the original just for the sake of doing it, you know? And, and yeah, the love story in this, it is kind of, you know, uh, a weaker port part of the movie, but I'm glad that we got somebody new for him too, you know, because mm. it, her character seems like she, but the fact is in, in no reality are Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis in 1986 talk are not going to break up six months later, you know? Uh, yeah. Whereas I kind of at least buy that this, type of character, this Jennifer Connelly character may stick around with him. Uh, but yeah, it is unfortunate they didn't have more to that. But what what we got an exchange of is this great storyline between Maverick and Goose's son, uh, which I've seen some criticism from Miles Teller in this movie just because he's going too far on the whole impression. And, and yeah, there are moments like when they do the great balls of fire, I'm like, really? <laughs> so he's going to do great balls of fire as well. You know, he's got the mustache. He's got a lot of the mannerisms and everything, but like he nails it so much. You believe he does. He's so good with it. And I mean, I love Miles Teller because of the movie he did Whiplash with J.K. Simmons, which I, I think is, you know, maybe still, I think I did pick it as like my best film of the decade, uh, the, the last decade when we did that episode. Um, but he's such a good actor. And like to be able to pull this off, you know, just as an impression of Anthony Edwards is impressive, but then you add to that what they did in this story without it being so obvious at the beginning that this is going to be a Top Gun rooster story. Uh, What really sets the heart in the original Top Gun, what makes it more than just your average popcorn movie is how well they did with the dramatic story with Goose's death in the first Top Gun. And what? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Goose dies? Yeah, well, now everybody knows. Sorry, we should have... Spoiler review of 36... If only he could have come back to life and become a doctor in Chicago. Oh, well, if there's hope for that, there's hope for Tom Cruise to be president. <laughs> uh, but, in the uh, West Wing too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, you know, Anthony Edwards' death in that original, I mean, part of that was just how good Anthony Edwards was in the first, but how good Tom Cruise was in making that death matter. And this movie carries that over. And I I think that's one of the areas where they improve it because they took what was really the only great dramatic stuff in the first Top Gun and they made it so much better in this one. I mean, to me, I'm not bothered by the fact that at times Miles Teller is going a little bit too heavy on the Anthony Edwards impression because it feels like this ties together. It feels like this is the story that you still needed to tell because this would, uh, it fine, you could wrap up the original Top Gun, but Remember that in the original Top Gun, he's a 23-year-old kid. A 23-year-old kid is not just going to get over it as quickly as he did in the movie. I believe that 30-something years later, there's still going to be animosity. And the way that they kind of work in the story here from Rooster's point of view, they throw something in there that Maverick had kind of done something. So there's this grudge between these guys. And then by the time we get to the final climax, where it's almost like this bro uh, this, this bro road trip, <laughs> you know, it's a mission, but it's a road trip. It's a, these two guys going on a road trip. I, I loved the chemistry between them and it sneaks up on you. It's not until yeah. you get close to the end of the movie, we realize this is kind of the point. I agree. And I think like when one thing when rewatching the original is like, I forget how good Anthony Edwards is and how, 
important he is in the movie. And like, again, I'm, I'm an Anthony Edwards lover from ER. So, you know, like I'd always seen ER before I'd ever seen Top Gun. And I know generally most normal people, it's the other way around. Um, so he's always Dr. Green to me, but then like, you know, here is Top Gun, great movie, uh, well, great performance in a decent movie. Um, (laughs) but yeah, like I agree. Like I think that, and I think the way they explain it, because I think there's like a, a year gap where they kind of do it to explain why there's a bit of animosity between the two. And I think that also makes sense, I guess, probably in the ages of Miles Teller, because I think kind of when you see little baby Goose in 1986, he's what, like four or five yeah. or something like that. Um, so I think I kind of like the way they kind of make that a bit of a discrepancy. Um, but yeah, because I also think the, the way they tie that plot in, rather than just, you know, Goose is annoyed at Maverick because he killed his father. That's not why he's annoyed at him. Because, like, again, it was deemed an accident. And I think that would have been a bit cliche on the nose of, like, oh, you really killed my father. It's like, well, why the fuck would I kill Anthony Edwards? That man's a dish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, it works It works out very well. Um, so, it's not yeah. The predictable, like, it's not the predictable route that you could have gone. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I, and like one thing, like, I can't really say being a spoiler-free review, but I think the way they close this movie out, like, they imply something's going to happen in the end. And I think like we're all sitting there going, oh, okay, they're going to do what we think they're going to do here. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of tease it a couple of times and you think that's happened and then it actually doesn't happen. So I kind of liked how they did that because um, it would have been so easy for them to do that. Um, I mean, if it was Harrison Ford, we know they would have done that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> already coming back. Like we know Indiana Jones is dead next year. Come on. Um <laughs> Spoiler, um, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I don't even know if I've seen Miles Teller in anything else. I just, again, like, it's just, it's him. What's the other one? Ansel Egbert. Elgort. Elgort. And who's the other one? Isn't there, like, three of them that are all basically the same? Yeah. Ansel was the one in Baby Driver, right? He's Baby Driver, yeah. Who's um, the third one? There's a third guy. We talked about him recently, too. Whoever he is, yeah. he's he's the Jai Courtney of that uh, Sam Worthington yeah. <laughs> the, the, trilogy. The generic white guy trilogy of, yeah. like, the Divergent films. <laughs> yeah. Like, one's in, like, Divergent, one's in, like, The Hunger Games, one's in probably Harry Potter. I don't know. Like, they're mm-hmm. all in those teenage books. Um, but, I mean, again, like, Ansel Engenbert, he's pretty good. <laughs> Um, Miles Teller's good. Like, it just it's a shame that they all kind of look the same and do the same things, and everyone thinks they're the same person. It's kind of like <laughs> you and I. Um, yeah. <laughs> Can't tell the difference. <laughs> exactly. Who could? Um, a couple of the other actors you mentioned, Lewis Pullman. Uh, it, oh. It's funny because I I had seen him in two movies before I even read up and realized that you know he was related to Bill Pullman. Uh, he looks but, like him. He really looks like him. Well, he's, and, and again, I have nothing against Bill Pullman, um, but like. You shouldn't. <laughs> I'd quit right now if you did. <laughs> but like Bill Pullman, Bill Pullman is like the, the precursor to Lewis Pullman. Like Lewis Pullman is going to be a big deal. Uh, the, the, oh, he's Bill great Pullman? At, he, well, but I'm, I'm saying if Best you see him in other president movies, ever. So, Lewis Pullman was in a, a movie that uh, Ro- Rocky and I reviewed last year, The Strangers Pray at Night, uh, which was a sequel to a small, I guess, kind of cult horror film like 10 years earlier. And he stole that movie. And then he was in this movie called Bad Times at the El Royale, which had like Chris Hemsworth and Jeff Bridges and Nick Offerman. Like John Hamm was in that as well. So many people. And he stole that movie. I'm like, how is this guy stealing every movie he's in? And I'm not going to say like he steals this movie, but like his character should not stick out as much as he does uh, Bob uh, in this movie. He's fantastic. And really all the other pilots I loved, um, 
uh, the, the, the female pilot they have, who, who's mm. the, the front seat to Bob. She's great. Uh, and, and the big star in this, um, the, the guy, I don't even know the actor's name. What is it? He plays the, I guess, the Iceman is going to be Hangman. Uh, Glenn Powell, he's in lots but of things. He was in yeah, Scream like Queens, him. if you remember. Right, because he's like he always plays kind of like the douchey bro yeah. guy, doesn't he? Like yeah. Glenn Powell. Yeah, no, and I like him. He wasn't meant to be in this movie. Like his character wasn't meant to be in this movie. Dark Knight Rises. He had um, uh, auditioned to play Rooster in this, and they're like, well, we're going to go with Miles Teller, but we love Glenn Powell so much, we're going to write a character just for him. And I can't imagine this movie working without him. I mean, he is what you expect out of the Top Gun pilots. You know, uh, they put together this young crew. But again, at no point does this become we're going to be passing the torch. You know, uh, another thing just really quickly on the story I want to touch on is uh, the stakes that they create in, I guess, the the, the mission of this movie. It, it really comes from, I guess, Tom Cruise having worked on the Mission Impossible. It's also Christopher. I didn't even realize Christopher McQuarrie, who wrote most of the Mission Impossible movies and has directed the last two and will direct the next two Mission Impossible movies, that he's one of the credit screenwriters and producers on this movie because this almost is, feels like a Mission Impossible movie. Like they have, like, here's your mission. And you listen to this from the beginning. You're like, there is no way somebody's going to make out of this alive. And the way they keep building on that through the training, we're like, this feels like an impossible mission. By the time you get to the climax, like you believe somebody's probably going to die or everybody's going to die in this mission. And that's something I think this has over the original as well. But then once you get to that mission, like the flight scenes are just so incredible. I mean, like you said, the terrain that they use, the the moves they have to pull off. I mean, it's just, it's stunning. It's just, it's so, it's so incredible to watch. Like I, I, this is probably next to, um, uh, no time to die. This is the the only movie I could think of where I saw it, and I'm like, I have to see this in every format imaginable. I, I don't think it's in 3D, but like, I got to see it in IMAX again. I want to see it in ScreenX, the one where it's on the side of the screens too, because apparently they filmed so that you could view it in ScreenX as well. Uh, these flight scenes sell the movie as well, but like, it it never just becomes like you said with the original movie, which I still love the original movie, where we're gonna have the mission at the last minute. Like this mission really is is impossible to pull off and it brings so much drama to this so you have the rooster storyline and you have this impossible mission i mean another thing that really just kind of makes this better than the original in a lot of ways did uh did you see the trailer for the new mission impossible movie i did rather didn't get a jizz field message from you saying about it like i got a i I was i was finishing up a long run and i was pretty much dead And, and while i was running uh, on Sunday morning, uh, my nephew texted me, Mission Impossible trailer's out. And I'm like, do I want to stop my run to watch this now? I ended up waiting till I finished. But I watched that trailer like multiple times. And then looks good. when uh, we saw this in IMAX, like again, the two days before that, that was one of the things they promoted. So we got like the Tom Cruise introduction. We got the five minute long, you know, uh, montage of all the different world premieres around the world. And they said the exclusive, uh, you know, uh, theatrical debut of the mission impossible trailer which oh if anything can top top gun it's <laughs> Mission impossible dead reckoning trailer <laughs> which we kind of just one thing when our last spoiler free review of doctor strange didn't mention about the big avatar 2 trailer oh wow, yeah. that was underwhelming yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i i uh I, I remember as soon as that finished it, it was the weirdest reaction i've ever seen in a movie theater to a trailer half of the theater you could hear going like <gasps> and then the other half you could go on like eh. <laughs> I literally forgot. Like when it started coming on, I'm like, "Oh yeah, Avatar yeah, two thing. trailer." I'm like, oh, okay, that's Look, Avatar two. Sam Worthington um, also hasn't aged in Avatar four. <laughs> Sam Worthington, no one's paid attention to him in the last. Even Australians don't talk about him. Um, yeah, I think I. I mean, I would have liked to have seen this on like an IMAX sort of screen and all that kind of stuff, but I was cheap. But um, it like it's still like 
for the smallish big screen that I saw it on was still worth it. Um, and you know, like I, I would gladly go see this again if I wasn't kind of in this period of my life where I'm about to sadly leave New York and probably saving my pennies to spend the big bucks on Jurassic uh, World, which I'm hoping that I'm not going to be on a plane when that comes out. I might have to wait till I go back to Australia to see it at this rate. But um, yeah, it's kind of, it is definitely a movie that I think is, and like, I, like going back to what I said about my dad, like how he's not a big fan of the original. I haven't talked to him since I've seen this, but I'm going to say to my dad, like, dad, like, go see Top Gun 2. Like, I think even my dad would enjoy this because he's similar with the Mission Impossible films, like with me. Like, when we did them, how I said, like, yeah, we watched the first couple, we weren't huge fans. And then, obviously, I eventually watched them with you. And then, like, my dad has always said, like, yeah, like, didn't like the first couple, but then I caught up on the newer ones. He's like, yeah, they're actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad always talks about the Tom, because, the, like, again, not huge on Tom Cruise, but every time I talk about my fan of Tom Cruise, he's like, oh, have you seen that one where um, he keeps, like, dying and coming back to life? Like, that's a really good one. You should watch that one. Like, it he is. He always talks about that one. <laughs> that Edge of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, so that, my dad always talks that one up. Um, can we just talk about John Hamm quickly? That man's no, a beautiful please. man. And I always forget how much my friend who I saw it with, she's like in love with him a little bit too much. Um, but it's, it's like actually they showed the uh, the Thor trailer beforehand. So like I was like, oh, my God, there she is. There's Natalie. She's back. Um, just shut up. You stare at Natalie. I was, I was going to say, like, she's <laughs> got that look. It's impressive the shape she got into for that movie. Like, I'll, I'll respect Australia for you. I'll That's respect her, her in- trying. <laughs> Come on, like that. I mean, who else is in that movie that I was watching going like, oh, I forgot Christian Bale's in that movie. Yeah. And like, I was like, wow, because like as soon as you see the villain, I'm like, is that Christian Bale? You know, like you may struggle through that movie because of your hatred of the most beautiful woman on the planet. <laughs> uh, but you will at least be able to stare at one of the most beautiful men on the planet in his silver makeup or whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. yeah and I Russell Crowe. Oh, uh, and yeah, I forgot Russell Crowe was in that movie until I saw the new trailer. But I, I've said from the beginning, like, this is a movie that, you know, based off of Thor Ragnarok, I would be up for another movie, another Thor movie. Uh, based off Natalie Portman coming back and the importance they're giving in the movie, I would not be willing to see this movie. But based on Christian Bale being in it, it trumps everything. So I'll be there. <laughs> I mean, my, my girl's back. So uh, that's all that matters. Um I don't even know what the fuck we were talking about. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about oh, different you know movie trailers coming soon to the Oz Network. We do have to quickly talk on the, the, the soundtrack. because I was uh, talking about John Hamm. That's oh, John Hammond. Yes, we got to talk about John Hamm. Okay. Beautiful I mean, man, I, John Hamm. <laughs> uh, Mad Men made my top 50 favorite TV shows of all time when we did that Still episode. I would like to watch it. Really uh, like to great watch show. Um, TV show. Bad Time to the El Royale. Like I said, Lewis Pullman was in that one uh, with John Hammond. But literally every time, sure I mentioned this before, but any time I'm watching something with John Hammond, it, James is like, who's this guy? And I'm like, that's John Hamm. He's in this and this and this and this. And then she's like, yeah, he's nice. And but I'm like, I yeah, always feel like he, he's, he's just one of these guys who like, again, I'm not watching Mad Men, really want to watch it. But like everything I've seen him in, he's good. And then I forget he's in a lot more things that I've seen. So like um, he was in Baby Driver, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, what did I watch in the plane on the way over here? The um, the Atlanta Olympic bombing movie. He was. Oh, in yeah. Richard Jewell. Um, he was also in, I keep forgetting about the cricket movie, the baseball cricket movie, Billion Dollar yeah, Arm. Million Dollar Arm, great movie. Um, yeah, he's just like, what a, what a guy. And then like I recently saw a lot of his clips of him hosting Saturday Night Live. Um, oh, brilliant on it. When he like kidnapped Michael Bublé. <laughs> Held me at gunpoint. He put me in the van. <laughs> so fucking love John Hamm. And would he have like the ham dispenser in his toilet or something like that? But uh, yeah, that, that's a that's a beautiful man right there, John Ham. I'd watch Mad Men just to watch how many seasons of John Ham being John Ham. 
but but yeah, the soundtrack. Um, yes. You know, the, the first movie, the soundtrack was arguably as famous, if not more famous than the movie itself. Uh, and and I think I knew of the movie because of the soundtrack first. So it was one of these things where anytime you'd go over to somebody's house, the, the Top Gun soundtrack was there. You know, this was like uh, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack of its day. You know, or, or I guess people would relate it to now. Uh, but uh, they obviously they have Danger Zone in this movie. Um, oh, that's brilliant. It, it, opening literally the opening five minutes of this movie. You like, am I watching the original? <laughs> am I sure this is Top Gun Maverick? Uh, you know, we we get uh, you know a couple of other the Top Gun anthem obviously in this movie. Uh, but what I was pleasantly surprised with again trying not trying so hard to be the original movie is that this wasn't a movie loaded with a mid eighty soundtrack. And it, I, I love the TV show Cobra Kai. I mean Cobra Kai. That's kind of one of the things that appeals to people about that is like we're going to have a soundtrack full of the same music we would have put in the Karate Kid movies in the 80s. Uh, but this movie, it, it kind of did something different. They're like, we're not going to ground this so much and we're just trying to rehash the 80s because the soundtrack was almost like 10 years earlier in the 80s. I mean, we get like the closest thing is David Bowie's Less Dance, but then you got like mm. the, the Who Won't Get Fooled Again. Um, what, what else is there? Uh, Foghat Slow Ride, I think. I mean, mm. it, it, it's almost like a 70s soundtrack, which until I watched the movie, I didn't realize what a smart idea that was because it still makes it feel retro, but it doesn't make it feel like you're rehashing the original. And of course, the Lady Gaga song. Um, what's crazy is she gets a music by credit in the beginning, which is supposed to be the original score credit, which you realize it's all because there's three names in there. There's uh, Hans Zimmer, there's Lady Gaga, and there's Harold Faltmeyer, who was the guy who composed the original Top Gun music. Uh, and it's just because they, they use her theme so much in the score of this that she actually got a you know, original score by credit uh, along with Hans Zimmer and Harold Faltemeyer, but a great song. Again, sounds very eighties without sounding too obvious as the eighties. Uh, perfect type of anthem for a movie like this. I mean, the music in this movie from both the soundtrack and the score perspective, and you know, obviously the closing credit song is just fantastic. I know you're very hit and miss on your correct and incorrect opinions of female pop stars, uh, but where does Lady Gaga generally rate for you on your opinion scale of modern female pop stars, Colin Hilding? Uh, I don't mind Lady Gaga. I mean, I don't go out of my way to listen to Lady Gaga. But, like, any time a song verse comes on, I'm like, yeah, that's decent. I mean, she's no Rihanna, but uh, <laughs> she's she's definitely better than Madonna. <laughs> Wrong. Way, way um, better than Taylor Swift. Oh, well, I mean, everyone's better than Taylor Swift. My last <laughs> bowel movement was better than Taylor Swift. Um, but I think Lady Gaga would be good for a Bond song. Just un- I don't know if that's a popular opinion or not. But, um, I yeah, I, I like the song that she does for this. I like listened to it a bit before uh, I saw the movie. And I even saw, like, Tom Cruise was, like, coming out, <laughs> finally, uh, and was all like, you know, like, oh, you know, Lady Gaga was great in working with us in this movie and stuff like that. But I think even just the way they use, like, her song in this movie it's kind of like what they do with Take My Breath Away. Like, they don't mm. go overboard with it. Yeah. You know, like, we've talked a lot about in some Bond movies where it's kind of like, okay, well, we get it. This is the the song of the movie. Like, thank you. You can use it a little bit less now. Um, but, like, they, they just do it in a way that it works. And, yeah, like, I love, like, the soundtrack of this movie. Like, it just, the way it ties into it and, and works really well. I mean, it's, we've talked a lot about, I feel, on this show about how we don't really have that in movies anymore. Like, the soundtrack is such a key element, like, you mentioned uh, Guardians. Guardians. I mean, Suicide Squad, we talked that up a lot when we did that. One, actually, I know you haven't watched the whole Peacemaker, um, but the soundtrack to Peacemaker is brilliant. I know it's a James oh, yeah. Gunn thing, but, like, he just he uses, like, this weird, like, 80s, like, hair thrash metal soundtrack, yeah. which is just, it's, it's fucking brilliant. Like, there's literally, like, a, a cover from some, like, 
metal band of a One Direction song, which like it's <laughs> actually really good. Um, but anyway, um, uh, actually, random thing on a soundtrack. Uh, I'm very excited for that Elvis movie that's coming out in like a month. It just looks so mm-hmm. fucking good. Um, they released like a screenshot of like who's on the soundtrack for that. Eminem on the uh, <laughs> Elvis tra- uh, the Elvis soundtrack. I am weirdly intrigued how that's going to work out. This uh, this is um, it's Baz Luhrmann that's making that, right? Yeah. Okay, so iconic it, Australian. He's going very Moulin Rouge with his period which, Elvis film. <laughs> which, can I just say, a uh, friend of mine just saw Moulin Rouge on Broadway here in New York, and they've, like, updated it to, like, kind of fit, like, modern songs as well. Like, But apparently, like, it's brilliant. Like, apparently the Broadway version mm-hmm. of Moulin Rouge here is really, really good. So I like the movie Moulin Rouge. I think you like the – we've talked about that before, yeah. haven't we? You don't – yeah? Anyway. Oh, Ewan McGregor. Um, oh, what about – God. Can we wait till we're we talk about, about what about we're recording soon. tomorrow? What a man. Oh, it's been a big weekend for us with our sexy man love. Um, but yeah, soundtrack, good. I enjoy it. Yes. Yes. Soundtrack, good. We enjoy it. Um, <laughs> Hi, I'm Tom Cruise. And the people who recorded this soundtrack put a lot of work into it. So buy it. Uh, I mean, we really don't have much else to talk about this movie other than the fact that like it's huge. I mean, this is, uh, I think, the biggest opening weekend Tom Cruise has ever had. Uh, I, they're, they're not releasing like the final, final figures because obviously this is Memorial Day weekend uh, in America. But just for the the three day weekend here, one hundred and twenty four million dollars, which Top Gun, we we mentioned this when we talked about the uh, the Jurassic Park sequels, uh, well, Lost World, Jurassic Park three and Jurassic World, just how big the opening weekends were for those movies, because it, it, it's almost one of these things where it's forgotten people really love this. And that's kind of the thing with Top Gun. I mean, yes, this is a big screen movie and, and it is meant to lure people back into the theaters. Uh, but just the love for Top Gun 36 years later is crazy because you feel like this would be one of these movies that, yeah, people lo- like Blade Runner, maybe people love this movie. People are obsessed with this movie, but are they going to turn out, you know, in, in uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in order to see this? And this probably way surpassed expectations. Um, I know that uh, when I saw the, was it the 35th anniversary, uh, 2011 of the original Top Gun, they re-released it in IMAX 3D. And I was there opening night for that. And I saw two guys who were cosplaying, like they had the full flight suits, Iceman. And so that was kind of my first exposure to like, wow, there are people who are like obsessed with Top Gun still to this day. And when in my screening, I mean, obviously being a fan event, you're going to have like the, the most diehard fans, but there are so many little things in this movie that like, diehard fans just loved and exploded for i mean the the movie ended with applause as i would expect in a fan event it would but uh the fact that they had little things like a a little nod not even an obvious one a little nod to the flyby and people would just burst out into applause uh little things that like rooster does in this where people burst out into applause i mean it it was smart in picking and choosing where you're going to have all those things for the original uh but like fans still exist for top gun clearly uh, and I, I don't think that I expected this movie to have that type of Star Wars reception 36 years later. I'm just seeing here 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. I actually, wow. when I was in Times Square yesterday, they've got like one of the billboards and it's got like the pops up and with a massive like 96% certified on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And like the thing you notice in Times Square is like they're very quick on the turnover on the big giant billboards for the movies. So, like, you know, like, they went from, like, Sonic to, like, fucking Fantastic Beasts and, like, they're two days later and it's, like, Top Gun and now it's all Jurassic World stuff. Like, it's 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 very quick turnaround that they do here. But, like, just to have that massive billboard in Times Square, big picture, there he is, beautiful Tom Cruise in his flight suit and it's just, like, actually, Tom Cruise was literally standing in, to- in Times Square yesterday going, hi, I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> 
come see my movie. We worked really hard on it. I'd really appreciate it if you could. Um, but like, this is like, I don't, I don't honestly believe what I'm about to say, but like, why not? Black Panther got nominated for it. So why couldn't Top Gun 2 get nominated for <laughs> sure. an Oscar? Like, so let's, that's, that's always my bar that freaking yeah. <laughs> Black Panther got nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. So, I mean, this is a way better movie than Black Panther. So like, <laughs> why couldn't it? I mean, didn't Blade Runner 2049 get nominated for Best Picture? Uh, no, it did get Best Picture, but it got like a ton of other nominations. I've I've never seen either of the Blade Runner, so I I can't comment on whether or not that was a worthy nomination or not. But um, it I mean, in all seriousness, like this movie, I've seen worse Best Picture nominees than this. Yeah. Hey, no, that's not true. Um, but I don't know. Like it's it's early. We're only in May. Uh, but like. You know, Jurassic World Dominion's not going to get nominated for Best Picture, so um, maybe Elvis will. I'm guessing that's got a bit of Oscar bait behind it. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you're on that page with this. But um. I mean, I w- if this got nominated for Best Picture, I think some people would lose it, um, especially over the Mission Impossible movies. But if we're doing, like, sequels, the Best Picture nominees of sequels ever made, like, this is up there. I mean, is it as you know daring as terminator 2 or the godfather 2 no but like it's not empire strikes back but like this is still it's not spider-man 2 yeah but like this is one of these sequels that people will forever be talking about in that club of best sequels ever made i think i mean i'm probably jumping ahead here sorry if i am but like in terms of movies that i've seen this year um it's probably the best movie i've seen this year in terms of a 2022 Mm. like movies i've seen in the cinemas the batman yeah that's a good point. I think I kind of Batman prefer this good. Batman. I think this is an easier to watch movie than the Batman. You can just put this on and just enjoy it. Like, I'm not saying you can't put on the Batman and enjoy it, but you've got to kind of watch the Batman. Like, you know, whereas this is kind of a bit more of a popcorn, harmless, fun film. Um, whereas the Batman, like, yeah, that's a good, I forgot about the Batman. Um, it'd be between this and the Batman as the best movies this year. I mean, Sonic 2 was fine. Um, <laughs> Doctor Strange, sure. Um, the Nicolas Cage movie, sure. Uh, so we still don't even know what that movie's called. The Nicolas Cage movie. Um, what else have I seen this year? I don't think it's seen anything else. Downton Abbey, a new era. Did you see it? We did see it, yeah. We well, finished you're into the Downton Abbey all of a sudden, aren't you? Aren't you like, yeah, that's it's actually a, not bad. Seriously, I, I, I'm debating. I'm like, hey, if we have time in the future, Jamie and I should cover Downton Abbey from the beginning. What a show. <laughs> Colin's, uh, Colin's into Downton Abbey. I'll be watching The First Lady. Like... <laughs> Our Patreon episodes are going to be getting spicy soon. We're, we're, are we doing we're going, Bridgerton? Do you want to do Bridgerton, go, Colin? Oh, you know what, Jamie? Because we got really down to Abbey, it, it recommended Jamie watch Bridgerton. And this is not the ex, uh, the response you would expect from Jamie. And Jamie's like, I'm not sure I like this show. It's just sort of like Downton Abbey, just a lot of sex. <laughs> <laughs> and she was opposed to that. <laughs> so well, She doesn't want to see, like, um, old women. She's probably thinking of all the old people in Downton Abbey having sex, right? Like, um, <laughs> but, I mean, we, we'll probably oh. have to do Bridgerton if Watsy's gets cast as Bond. I'm going to guess we're going to oh, go yeah. on, like, a big binge of him. Yeah, so, we'd have to. <laughs> yeah, but... um. Uh- yeah. But yeah, 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 Downton Abbey. I've never watched it, but uh, good for that being Abbeys and Downtons. Uh, this is going to be a buy for you? 100%, yeah, absolute yeah. buy. I mean, I, I would like low rent the original because um, I know we never did it and we're not marking that down as an official one. But um, no, absolutely a buy. I, I'm just trying to think of like other movies that like I, I actually I, it's been a long time since I watched the Ghostbusters but I always remember liking Ghostbusters 2 more than Ghostbusters mm. 1 I'm one of those weird people who likes Home Alone 2 better than I like Home Alone 1 
Um, I'm not a Vegas, I'm not a uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacations fan, but I like original vacation and I like Vegas vacation and European vacation. So I'm just trying to think of like movies where like the original is so beloved and then the sequel, like this is a rarity where I guess it's probably not going to be an unpopular opinion to say that you like the sequel better than the original. But I mean, Terminator 2 is obvious that most people like the sequel better than the first one, not to take away from the first one, but yeah, I don't know. My point is I would buy this movie. It's a good movie. (laughs) Ben's answer is a buy. Yeah, and I'm buying it 100%. Uh, so let's just say with our two buys, this is now at 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Go update the billboard. <laughs> and we've got Tom Cruise on the line. Hi, Tom. Yes, no, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. What a nice man you are. Go go enjoy some gay love. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking tomorrow, I think, oh. uh, about something else we've been very excited about, almost as said is Top Gun. Uh, are we that's doing spoiler, spoiler free? Uh, we have to do spoiler, don't we? Uh, I think it's going to be spoiler. I mean, we're not going to be recapping these. We'll be reviewing them. I think people are going to listen if they tuned in. So we'll do we'll do spoiler reviews for Obi-Wan. We're going to be doing episodes one and two tomorrow. And, and there's no way to do this one without a spoiler. Like, I think that's yeah. that's kind of the appeal of those first two episodes. Like, people are like, whoa, I didn't expect that to be we the story. Like, so that when that thing happened, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. <laughs> and I keep telling people, like, tell me once you've seen it, because, like, I got to be able to talk about this and I can't talk about anything without It's literally it. Better Call Saul, which I'm still annoyed that you have not watched the mid-season finale because I cannot I, say anything. I, I had to watch Downton Abbey and Top Gun <laughs> and Top Gun Maverick and Obi-Wan and now there's time for Better Call Saul. <laughs> uh, better Watch Saul. There we go. Uh, better Watch so- Saul. I'm like, I'm legitimately tempted, like, because Nick and I are eventually probably going to recap all of Better Call Saul. He, oh, like, he's not even watched it. He's like, oh, no, I'm, like, doing a complete rewatch, so I'll catch up to it eventually. And I'm just like, I'm this tempted to just want to do, like, a mid-season <laughs> fin- finale, like, review, even though we haven't done Better Call Saul. I'm just like, oh, can we do this? And I'm like, no, no, like, that would defeat the purpose. So yeah. I'll, I'll beat Nick to it. I'll do it, <laughs> if it's any good. It's always if good we, about beating Nick. <laughs> if we watch it and the... Uh, the same character that pops up in Obi-Wan pops up, then my mind will really be blown. Ah, exactly. <laughs> what was she doing there? <laughs> oh, you spoiled as a she. Uh, well, a woman. Did you imply a gender, Colin? Like, could be throwing gender, a red herring out. Gender neutral. Uh, gender. What are surprise. they doing there? I use the wrong pronoun. I'm sorry. Them. Them. <laughs> they, them. <laughs> they, them. <laughs> uh, or it could be an it what? We don't know. Uh, yeah, my we'll pronoun it. is it. <laughs> I told you that the other day. <laughs> Just once I want somebody to be like an it slash what. <laughs> it, whatever. Uh, but yeah, Obi-Wan will be coming tomorrow as well. Um, Breaking Bad, uh, not Better Call Saul, but maybe Better Call Saul and uh, 24. And maybe Downton Abbey, a new era. <laughs> we'll see. And but, the first lady. <laughs> but uh, the, the next movie is going to be Jurassic World uh, Dominion. And we will have, by the end of this week, Fingers crossed, I'll finish the uh, the best of for the first four movies, uh, recapping the first. And then we're going to do Fallen Kingdom and then uh, Dominion. Uh, Are you going to rewatch them all? Are you going to like, I we know we're going to watch Fallen Kingdom. You have? Okay. I've got them yeah. on my stick ready to watch. So Yeah, yeah. we uh, we watched Jurassic Park and then we watched Lost World. Uh, we're getting ready to watch Jurassic Park 3. The I'm Lost jealous. World, like. I don't know why. I'm like, he watched Jurassic Park straight up. I'm like, oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> and oh, we watched, was, on, was pro- it we watched on the projector too, which is great. Uh, by the way, um, definitely notice watching on a projector. The guy that plays Ludlow got a big dong. Uh, it's pretty <laughs> obvious when you watch Lost World. 
He, I mean, that man would have a big dong, let's be honest. Can I, I say also, say that- I, we might mention this on our following or whatever, to all these, like, I'm seeing these millennials and all these, like, young kids who are now movie reviewers, journalists, and they're starting to do, like, oh, they've gotten an interview with Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum, and they're like, oh, I first saw the first Jurassic Park movie when I was 12, and I heard blah, blah, blah. The special effects don't really hold up. Fuck you, oh. you little twerps. <laughs> Go back to drinking your soy lattes and fucking riding to work on your little hoverboards. Fuck you. Jurassic Park special effects always hold up. Fuck you. I will say what doesn't hold up, though, I, I re-listened to our Lost World recap, and um, I, I feel like I'm almost, almost too harsh on that because I still enjoy the movie, but, like, the amount of plot holes that we point out in The Lost World, uh, I think have doubled now that I watched this with Jamie. Jamie has a talent with picking out plot holes in Jurassic Park movies. Um, she married you. A whole lot plot more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure. <Come laughs> My name is Plot, plot Hole. hole. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, one big plot hole. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll get to... Fallen Kingdom and then Dominion as well. Um, so stay tuned tomorrow. More excitement. Um, my name is Colin, and I'm very excited to be bringing you this recap. Um, <laughs> it's 36 years in the making. And my name is Ben, and in the great words of Hootie and the Blowfish, Hi, I'm Hootie, and here's my blowfish. (laughs) Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)